0: Tech Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English, with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 646 for the 9th of June, 2019. This week, after stumbling more than a little with the initial 2019 release of Photo Raw, ON1 has remedied most of the performance problems with the 2019.5 release. In short circuits, not content to interfere only with U.S. elections, Russia is now actively opposing development of 5G cellular networks in the United States with disinformation campaigns, while encouraging 5G development in Russia. Scaremongers have been spreading concern about cellular signals and Wi-Fi for years, even though there's no scientific evidence to support their outlandish claims. Your smartphone probably does a good job with high dynamic range photographs, but a real camera, even a point-and-shoot camera, can do better. In spare parts, only on the website, Apple is splitting iTunes into three separate applications, and there's finally a new Mac Pro for those who need desktop power, but at a huge price. Flipboard has been hacked. Although the service doesn't store any important information about users, there is still a cautionary tale here. One, one Photo Raw is another application that's attempting to take advantage of Adobe's decision to eliminate perpetual licensing for its photographic products. The 2018 version was promising, but a 2019 update had serious performance problems. Now the 2019.5 update has resolved most of those issues. Some users are still complaining about slow performance in 2019.5, but most have reported significant improvements with the recently released half-year update. In the initial 2019 release, for example, opening an image to edit mode from the browser could take nearly a minute in some cases. Now, that operation is nearly instantaneous. On1 is positioning PhotoRaw 2019.5 as a game changer. That's an alternative to Lightroom with powerful Photoshop features. Most photo editing and management applications have lens corrections options. Some apply the corrections automatically. Others require the user to apply the correction manually. Lens corrections are intended to correct known problems with specific lenses, and virtually all lenses have known problems. Prime lenses, those with a single focal length, have fewer problems, and zoom lenses have more. ON1 says that PhotoRAW applies these corrections automatically, and in some cases, it does. When I use a Canon camera, the EXIF data recorded with the image is sufficient for PhotoRAW to identify the lens and apply any needed corrections. However, with a Sony RX100, photo Raw recognizes only the camera make and reports no match for the lens. Ironically, the application knows about the camera's built-in lens and will apply the appropriate lens corrections when the user selects the lens from a drop-down list in the lens correction section. The RX100 lens exhibits a serious vignetting issue, but only when the lens is at its widest aperture, which is 9mm. That's approximately the equivalent of 24mm on a 35mm film camera. Having applied the lens correction to one image, I'm supposed to be able to synchronize the setting across multiple images. That may work on a Mac. I haven't tested it there yet, but I was unable to make it work on a Windows machine. On one claims the update is up to 50 times faster than the previous version, but that claim is both misleading and specious. The claim is correct for one extremely specific action. The company would have been wise not to make such an outlandish claim. PhotoRAW 2019.5 is, in my testing, clearly faster for many operations, but the user who expects something like a 50 times improvement across the board will be mightily disappointed. And I should also point out that one action cannot be 50 times faster than another operation. It can perhaps take 1 50th the amount of time, but times faster is, at best, an oxymoron. Mac users who have macOS 10.11 have reported that the new version will install, but then crash on open. Well, that's because it requires macOS 10.12 or later. PhotoRAW 2019.5 is a 64-bit application on both Windows and Mac systems. Mac users will need at least macOS 12. The Windows version runs on Windows 7, 8, or 10, but ON1 does recommend Windows 10. Although the application will run on systems with only 4GB of RAM, at least 16GB is recommended. The application stores its catalog on the C drive for Windows and on the primary drive for Mac OS. It's not clear whether the catalog can be relocated. Sometimes all of the edit options in the right side panel disappear, and closing the application displays a crash message. Restarting the application restores the controls. Okay, so now that I have all the complaints out of the way, let's see what this application can do and why you might want to take a look at it. There is a new edit history that allows users to roll back changes. Edit and browse windows can now be opened on separate screens, which is a plus for those who have more than one screen. A new keyword system allows nesting keywords inside keywords to make finding and organizing images better. So despite my grumbling, this is a worthwhile application. It is not yet, though, a replacement for photographic professionals who use the various Adobe applications. The application is one of several that began developing standalone versions with the objective of siphoning off some of Adobe Lightroom and Photoshop users who don't like Adobe's software rental plan. But PhotoRaw can still be installed as a plug-in for those who use Adobe's applications. On1 PhotoRAW includes many controls that will be familiar to Adobe Lightroom Classic users, but some work differently. One example is the Dehaze tool in Lightroom, which is the Haze tool in PhotoRAW. Moving the slider to the right in Lightroom cuts Haze and sharpens the image. Moving the slider to the right in PhotoRAW 2019.5 increases Haze and makes the image less sharp. There's nothing wrong with either approach, but the difference is something that users will need to deal with. Four primary options are available in the Edit Mode. Develop, Effects, Portrait, and Local. Develop is the part of the application that looks the most like Lightroom. It's here that users control exposure, contrast, color balance, tint, saturation, and vibrance across the entire image. There's an option to reduce vibrance on skin for more natural flesh tones and a purity adjustment with sliders for highlights and shadows acts primarily as a way to reduce saturation selectively in the lightest and the darkest areas. Sharpening and noise reduction are also in this section as is the lens correction setting with options to manually adjust distortion, color fringing and vignetting. Transform controls allow the user to fix keystoning and other problems. The Effects tab is where filters are stored for various photographic looks such as antique images, black and white, cross-process and bleach bypass, film grain, HDR high dynamic range, lens blur and flare, and a lot more. The Portrait section attempts to locate faces in the image and it works best when the person is looking directly at the camera, Less well when the subject is in partial or full profile. Settings in this section make it possible to reduce blemishes, whiten eyes and teeth, and improve details in the subject's eyes. And the Local tab includes many of the same exposure, color balance, and saturation controls found in the Develop tab, but it allows the modifications to be brushed onto specific parts of the image or to apply the change selectively to highlights, midtones, or shadows. Flesh colors, vivid colors, or neutral colors, or one of several specific colors. Changes made to images are non-destructive, so Photo Raw uses sidecar files that are stored in the same directory with the images and have an ON1 extension. A single sidecar file contains all of the information about changes made to an image. So the bottom line for ON1 photoraw 2019.5 is four cats, Performance enhancement put PhotoRAW back in the running. The first iteration of PhotoRAW 2019 was so sluggish that even long-time users of the application were threatening to abandon the application. Although the 2019.5 version has fixed many of the performance issues, some operations are still slow when compared to other applications in what's becoming a crowded field. As a plug-in for Lightroom and Photoshop, on One, always had some worthwhile looks, and these continue to be worthwhile whether PhotoRaw is used in standalone mode or as a plug-in. The company allows users to install the application on up to five computers, Mac OS or Windows. If you'd like additional details, you'll find them on the on One website. There's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website, www.techbiter.com. In short circuits, it's not just elections the Russians are messing with these days. Fifth Generation is the cellular service that will fulfill promises we've been hearing about for years. But if you watch RT America, you might be worried because the Russian television service in the United States does more than spread just political divisiveness. First, a little bit of background. RT America is the Russian government's cable television channel in the United States. The Russian premier is an old KGB operative, and he has not forgotten the lessons learned early in his days with the Committee for State Security, the KGB. The KGB worked with TASS, the telephone agency of the Soviet Union, the official Soviet news agency, to spread disinformation, and they were skilled at doing it. Very little has changed. The Russian strongman, president in name only, wants to strengthen Russia, and that means weakening the United States. One technique involves using phony Facebook and Twitter accounts to spread divisiveness and to reduce our confidence in the electoral system. But lately, RT America has been warning viewers of what it calls a dangerous experiment on humanity. The dangerous experiment? Well, of course, the installation of 5G cellular technology throughout the United States. You may have seen some of the new towers in your area. They're considerably smaller than typical cell towers, and they are spaced closer together. An internet search reveals sites that post alarming information and tell people how to oppose the development of 5G technology. RT America has run eight programs so far on the dangers of 5G technology, and yet in Russia, Vladimir Putin is all in favor of going full speed ahead to develop the technology. Why the dichotomy? Well, as I said at the outset, 5G will deliver the promises we've been hearing for years about cellular communications. The nation that excels with 5G will have significant advantages over those who lag behind. The United States already has slower overall Internet service than what much of the rest of the world has, and we pay more for it. Falling behind in 5G will only compound that. Oh, and China? Yeah, they're also positioning themselves to be a major player in the 5G market. If Russia can convince U.S. citizens to oppose the technology— gives the Russians a chance to move ahead. Already, I have seen concerns expressed by neighbors who fear the new system. The problem is that much of the so-called scientific evidence that they quote is far from being either scientific or evidence. For example, you might hear that 5G radio towers in the 30 gigahertz part of the spectrum are dangerous to humans and the environment. In fact, a very high-power concentrated 30 gigahertz beam could cause some damage. The radio waves used by 5G cellular communications, though, are low-power and diffuse. You may also hear studies that show current wireless technologies cause cancer. In fact, there are no such studies. There are more mobile phones in use than the populations of every nation on Earth. Cell phones started being used in 1985, 34 years ago, and there has been no relationship established with any increase in brain cancer. Follow the money is almost invariably a good maxim for dealing with questionable information and scaremongering in general. So why does RT America spend so much time trying to frighten Americans about the dangers of 5G When the person who is ultimately in charge of RT America wants to push 5G technology forward at home. I'll leave that for you to ponder. The upcoming 5G technology that we just talked about is the latest to attract scaremongers. Much of the scaremongering depends on the incorrect use of specific scientific terms, such as radiation. Scary, right? Well, radiation is a bad thing to have around the house, but what about your radiator? There is radiation from a radiator, whether it's in your car or in your house. What's being radiated, of course, is heat. If you listen to radio or watch television, you are using radio frequency, RF radiation. You are actually surrounded by RF wherever you are, except maybe in the United States National Radio Quiet Zone in parts of Virginia and West Virginia. And if you want to know more about why there is a quiet zone and what the Green Bank Observatory observes, there's a Wikipedia article with an explanation. I have a link to that this week on the Fighter Worldwide website. So you are surrounded by this scary radiation. But opponents of Wi-Fi use the term that brings to mind Chernobyl, or Three Mile Island, or X-rays gone amok. RF signals are radiation. Radiation is simply energy moving through space, but not dangerous radiation. RF signals are non-ionizing radiation that do not cause damage to cells or tissue. Your local AM, FM, and TV stations radiate energy through space. So does a flashlight, for that matter. RF from Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, or cellular communications are tested, and they have been from the beginning, to determine that the amount of power used is well below any demonstrably hazardous exposure level. And that's an important consideration, too. The RF from a radio station's transmitter won't harm you. But if you touch the antenna while the station is on the air, well, let's just say the results will not be to your liking. In a society where people who oppose vaccinations that protect us against dangerous diseases, it's not surprising that people who claim that Wi-Fi signals are responsible for creating what they claim is electromagnetic hypersensitivity have at least a small number of misled followers. A recent article by Kenneth R. Foster, a professor emeritus of bioengineering at the University of Pennsylvania, takes an in-depth look at the change and debunks them. If you'd like to read that full article, it's on the Education Next website, and there's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website. Your smartphone's camera probably has a high dynamic range setting. You'll see an option labeled HDR, and the results will be very good. But if you have a camera that captures raw images and even a lot of point-and-shoot cameras do that these days, you'll get even better results if you combine multiple raw images to create a high dynamic range photograph. In bright sunlight, our eyes can see detail in both the brightest areas that we're looking at and in the deepest shadows. To be entirely truthful, our eyes really can't do that, but they fool us into thinking that they can. We focus on only a small bit of what we see, and our eyes adjust quickly. Glance at a bright sunlit area, and you'll see details. Shift your view to a shadowed area, and you'll see details. Cameras, whether film or digital, don't work that way. And that's where high dynamic range processing helps. On Memorial Day, I had escaped the heat outside and was sitting in my younger daughter's living room. The view out the front window was a perfect HDR situation. I could see trees and a house across the street. I could see a backpack on a chair under a lamp in the room. I could see detail on the table in front of me. I could see detail on the floor. But I knew the camera I was carrying, although it's a good camera, could not reproduce any amount of that detail. The camera is a Sony RX100 version 6 point-and-shoot camera. It can capture raw images, and it has an option to capture multiple images that can be used to create a single HDR image. I took three images at normal, minus three, and plus three exposures. You'll see these on the TechBiter Worldwide website. The normal exposure is what the camera created and it's the best possible compromise the camera could figure out between the brightest and the darkest areas of the image. There is no detail in either the highlights outside the window or in the shadows over in the corner. The highlights exposure at minus three f-stops correctly exposes the exterior but eliminates even more shadow detail. Even though the sky still has no detail, and this is probably a situation where five images instead of three images would have been even better. And the shadows exposure, that's the one at plus three f-stops, brings out details in the shadowed area, but loses details in the highlights in the room and outside. If I had to pick one of these images, I would choose the one exposed for the shadows, because it retains detail inside the house but an HDR image combining all three of the images retains adequate detail in the highlights, the shadows, and the midtones. The three images were all taken without the use of a tripod, but I did use the camera's built-in ability to capture multiple images in a single quick operation and Adobe Lightroom Classic's ability to align and combine multiple images into that single HDR image. Some cameras can take multiple exposures at different exposure settings. That makes the process a lot easier because holding the camera still for three or five nearly instantaneous exposures is really pretty easy. If you need to change the exposures manually for each image, stitching them together will be much more difficult for the application. Nearly all photo processing applications for professionals and advanced amateurs include HDR processing either as part of the primary application or as an add-on. The one you'll see on the TechBiter Worldwide website is from Adobe Photoshop Lightroom. Although your smartphone can create a good HDR image, the better solution will always be to use a digital camera's RAW mode to create at least three exposures that can then be combined to create that final HDR image. Spare parts has only a normal dynamic range, but there's some good information anyway, and it's only on the website. This week, Apple is splitting iTunes into three separate applications, and there's finally a new Mac Pro for those who need desktop power, but it comes at a huge price. Flipboard has been hacked. Although the service doesn't store any important information about users, there is still a cautionary tale here.